I'm Jim. And I'm Gary. And this is, uh, I guess it's probably an MP3 you got from iTunes. Uh, safe. On the Video Games Hot Dog feed. I, I don't know if I'd call it an episode because it's just us two. Is it a, a video game like Armor Hot Dog? Or, or a video game like, what's, what's Hot Dog but less Step Hot Dog? Like an armadillo? Sure. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> no, I was thinking like the, the, the America's least favorite brand of like potted meat snack. Oh, oh, like the, yeah. Like those things. Oof. Yeah. Ew, ew. Is that it's like an like, associate like hot dog? The potted, is potted meat basically the same thing as spam? I think it's a squares and rectangles thing. I think <laughs> potted meat is, or spam is a potted meat, yeah, but not yeah. all potted meat is spam. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you mm. think before they invented cans, it actually came in pots? That's actually, I never put that together, but I bet you're right, actually. So, I'm, I'm scared. I, I'm scared of finding out the truth. The uh, I eat out of pots because you get like um, chicken, uh, chicken tandoori. Mm-hmm. That's cooked in a pot. Mm-hmm. That's real good. If you're single and you cook for yourself, you're probably just going to spoon it right from the pot into your mouth. Hundred percent. I, I have a, I don't do dishes. No. And uh, and most meals I have, I find that if I'm coupled, I make side dishes. And mm. if I'm not, I don't. Oh yeah, no, fuck that noise. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just like, it's like it, that would be like paying attention to when you fart. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't care. I can't. Uh, not not when I and or like. I like when you reduce meals to like, what if meat and vegetable or like, what if bread? Uh, and that's like kind of just the meal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like here's something. Uh, and then you fart and you enjoy the rest of your meal. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, and farting can help make the bread because it sometimes has bubbles in it. It's gross. Too far. You lucky enough. The slut you love in. All right. We'll edit that part out. Yeah, just just replace it with an audio play. Yeah, uh, the, the the bread maker's folly or what what have you. Yeah. Jim's folly. The, um, how's it going? That's good. I uh, all right. Yeah, we're good. We're in the anecdote part of the podcast. I just now. I moved us on through instinct. I don't actually know. Yeah, how you're it actually you're the ho- you're the host oh, for shit. real now. It's <laughs> I mimicked you. Yeah, I speciesed you. No, you you're the you're the actual podcast host on this podcast. So it's actually only fair that yeah. you would. <laughs> take that place uh yeah i've been so april and i we've been threatening to actually change our name for a while now mm-hmm. and we finally went into court and got it done it's uh, so it's done now i know that i well, i saw on twitter when it was in the process of happening yeah so well the, the it is legally approved and so done is relative because now we have to like we have to go to social services we have to go to the dmv mm-hmm. we have to go to like all the banks Mm-hmm. And we have, we want to do most of this stuff, uh, before the kid is born. Just so. Cause the kid, if the kid goes in the bank to try to change it after it's born. Yeah. It's no, going to be real weird. It's going to be rough. <laughs> They're going to kick it out. Yeah. And that was like a bank junior. Yeah. Yeah. We went into this courtroom and, um, I, I was going to say, it's like, it's not like courtrooms you see on TV, except unless you've watched Better Call Saul, because it looks exactly like that. <laughs> uh, and the, what you think of as like the audience in the courtroom was, it was like filled with people who are changing their names. Mm-hmm. And the judge started off by like, just saying so-and-so, your name is approved. You can go like talk to this. The, then there was like a name of a, a, a role of somebody's role, talk to them to get the paperwork. And that was like half the people in the room. And then they started uh, talking about like, 
people who had problems with their applications. So that got, that got to the bummer part of the, mm. of the day. But like, I have to imagine that this is like a bright spot in this judge's work week, you know? Sure. You know, just like you get to a bunch, everybody's excited about their new name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not just your specific, like, kind of goofy name that you're changing your name to. Right. <laughs> no offense or anything. Yeah. The, uh, but like, the, like, just that, like, people, oh, that's actually not true, though. I was going to say people change their name for good reasons, almost exclusively. But mm. like, actually, I bet you it's a mixed bag, like, like everything in our courts, where, yeah. where there are probably people who are changing their name back after like traumatic divorces, people who are being disowned by their parents. Parents are getting divorced by their newly 18 year old emancipated yeah. little shits. Yeah. I, I will say that like just looking around the room, like half the people were uh, trans or non-binary. Okay. So there, there's, yeah, there's definitely a positive side to it yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're a good judge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, this, this guy seemed to be happy, like happy for everybody. I, one person changed their name to Zoe with a W and the judge was like, made little sides about everything. He made a joke about our name, about how we can go dance up a storm. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a very, uh, for, for Zoe, he was like, he was, um, not chastising. What's the warning Zoe yeah. that people are going to pronounce it Zowie. Do you, do you, like in what universe did Zoe not consider that <laughs> the, um, the, the judge yeah, who decided no, you, to teach the alphabet? Yeah, to, uh, yeah, you're uh, this the person who picked their name definitely put less thought about into it than you just did right now. Order, order, phonemes are a thing. The, <laughs> I hold you in contempt of grammar. The um, the um, so when uh, so partially a done deal, but you still have a little bit of hoop. Uh, it's well, it. The the har- the part that we were at all worried about is over. Now it's just all the work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge pain. I um looked into changing my name because uh my father uh, ran up a bunch of debt in my name because yeah. I'm a junior. Yeah, uh, and I looked into it and it's hard uh to do so. Like I mean, you know, because you're you're doing it, but I just recognize it's a lot of work. And this was yeah, and, it, well, we're in a different yeah. different jurisdiction than you are or were. Yeah, absolutely. But like, we when we looked at the paperwork to change your name. It's really intimidating. Um, but we, what we found was that there was a website which will basically like it. I, I think it was like some philanthropist or philanthropic organization paid like some lawyers and programmers to get together in a room and automate this process because mm. we filled out some simple web forms and then it gave us like a thousand page PDF that we <laughs> needed to take into the. Yeah, that's awesome. Like that, that's a, that's super useful. Like it, it's such a, you know, when, when I tried to do it, it was a pain because I was 18 and like, you know, anything was a pain that involved like paperwork and, and doing yeah. adult stuff. But, uh, it's still, at least in Illinois, such a pain that my ex-wife still has like my name. Like, so there's, there's just, you know, Crystal Butterfield floating out around out there. Oh, that's a good yeah. name though. It, it is a good name and better, better than our old one, which I won't, I won't okay. say her old name, but it's, it's, <laughs> I think it has a better ring to it. Oh man. Um, I like the idea of there being a Crystal Butterfield that I have to collect or somehow acquire. Or like, uh, or just visit, like you, you oh yeah. visit the plains of the crystal. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, it weeps an obsidian tear. And then I know like, when, when, like when the day I'll die to the moment, oh. you know, like, just, uh, yeah. The, um, yeah. I think that's how journey ended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With like, you know, uh, fart boner 29 or whatever, like teaching me the day that I'll die. Right. 
Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. All that, right. All right. It's, cool. it's your time. Your turn to t- tell an anecdote now. Okay. <laughs> I like the structured version of this. Um, we're good. Um, I don't believe in segues. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, this is, it's good this is funny once and i'm only gonna host once so yeah yeah after this it would be like it was not this is not like a, a shadow pilot or whatever they call those things oh man backdoor no, pilot not unless you're gonna move here yeah yeah that, that would be very difficult like unless it's a yearly podcast or oh, what have yeah, you maybe you know that i think that's a funny idea like just the annual uh annual hot dog stepdad or whatever the name <laughs> of it ends up being yeah, yeah. um uh I, yeah, I'm I'm all right. Um, what's a, what's a good anecdote that isn't like traumatic? Mm. Um, you know, that's like still fun. Um, I feel like I could almost answer this question because I've been listening to abject suffering. Yeah, ask like, ask me follow like up questions should... on anecdotes I've said on. Oh, except uh, other now podcasts. my mind is blank because the pressure's on. It's it's true. We we're not good. Are you still friends with the raccoon who was in your garbage can? The uh, there well, there's a a possum. A possum who right. lived in okay. the, the compost. Which uh, <laughs> okay, which I, I almost got it. Yeah, the raccoon in the garbage can is like synonymous. I'm learning Portuguese, mm. and those are the kinds of mistakes where you'll get a sentence and they'll they'll it'll be tricky right. for you. It'll it'll say like you know the Portuguese word for like the possum in the garbage can, right? And raccoon will be one of the answers, and I have right. to remember like yeah. oh like these animals are very different somehow, kinda, yeah. yeah. So it, learning Portuguese is probably a pretty good prompt. Yeah, that that's been really interesting. Do you um do you know any other languages? Have you did uh, you learn anything? No, else? I took first year Spanish three times in high school. I know a lot of people who are in that position. Really? Like, yeah. Who like not that specific, you know? But like who who bounced off it. You know, I know a lot of people took it like the first year twice and then quit, like who just, you know, because it was an assumption when I grew up that like you would learn another language, uh, but I did, you didn't have to. Right. And, uh, and I wasn't pushed to do things I didn't have to do as a kid. Right. Um, so this is the very first time I've had any exposure to it at all. Uh, and I'm nine days in, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm doing a, a program called Duolingo, um, which is extremely, apparently a very popular way for other people from other countries to learn English. Hmm. English is the number one language learned on Duolingo. Um, and uh, it's very strange. Like, and it's, I, I never even considered it before. It's real weird to take something that's one of those basic uh, measures of intelligent intelligence, you know? Yeah. One, one of the ways, you know, that I don't have the good le- level of that is because I call it intelligence. Uh, that's that's the, the basic level I missed. <laughs> but the, um, where like uh, uh, people will be like, oh, you have like a, a brain for languages or a mind for languages. Mm. Uh, and I, I still don't know if I do or not, but it's pushing something that has never really been pushed before. Yeah. So I, I don't think of like people in their mid to late thirties as being like the optimal, like learn a new language. I, I don't uh, think it is. <laughs> Okay. I think it's, I think it's apparent, like very much not. And there are, there are really hard languages I wouldn't have tried it with. Okay. So like, apparently, you know, I definitely Googled like, is this easy right. before deciding to do it? And everyone's like, yes, actually it's pretty easy. Portuguese is relatively easy. It's easy. It has the same sentence structure. Okay. So, and that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, there are obviously, there are lots of differences. Like it doesn't seem easy to me, but it's apparently pretty close to English in a lot of ways. Um, but the, the, there's all these things that people who know language will take for granted that are very strange to me, like, um, using, when you say, uh, you're referring to one of something, no matter what it is, there is a, a gendered form of saying, you know, uh, something. So like, if I refer to an apple, like that's like, uh, umamasa, but a car is umkaro. So it's, it's, a, it's like, it's the masculine car, but the feminine apple. 
Like, and, that's, and there's no such thing as a feminine car or a... No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's the, this, like, is, this is the thing we dodged a bullet on with English. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, we, I mean, we don't have, like, obviously don't have like a gender neutral like pronoun for it. So we have that that problem too. And then I don't think Portuguese does yeah, either. That, that's, but they, I agree that that's a problem, but it's not as big a problem as having to memorize all the genders of all the... All the different nouns you can you can know. It's, it's extremely difficult, and it has to do with um, it's, it feels inconsistent, uh, but it does have to do with ending in a vowel or not. Uh, but it's not every time, so right. it has okay. a couple of those like you know Gallagher rules, like right. you know C O M B Coom, no Comb, T O M B Tomb. Like it has some Gallagher right. rules to yeah. it that like don't uh-huh. make sense. You know, the Gallagher house rules, <laughs> like the what I'm choosing between two melons. which one yeah um but yeah so it's it's been pretty tricky to get used to that yeah um but fun like the app is really fun and it's really surreal uh there's lots of like you get a little cartoon character in a situation and the sentences are all very basic so i'm learning like a lot about cats dogs and apples and the state of having them or not um but you'll just get like the they try to make it fun so it'll be like you know two lumberjacks and a baby and and they're just saying like you know the cat lost the apple and I'm like what what is the situation that this this happened to me it becomes very like Twin Peaksy you know yeah yeah oh. um so it's really fun I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it that's cool yeah what what prompted you to pick it up pick up that pick up a new language it it's a, a funny uh thing it's like because I I was talking about it on Twitter and somebody was like oh like you know you're probably like you know, met a Brazilian girl, you know, which would be the, the cool guy right. reason. But the real reason is I think that if I learn Portuguese and become fluent in it, there's a good chance the guy who does the tiny puppets web series will let me voice an extra. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> like, okay. Like My guess would have been that you wanted to play Cinco Paus. I, so I just heard about that from Zach, but I haven't like had a chance to investigate. He just told me, he's like, Hey, you should check this out. It's really cool. And the guy who's making it is also learning Portuguese. So it's not like super advanced. Right. So, uh, that's, uh, that's five breads. Yeah. P-A-O-S. Yeah. So I think that's five bread. Okay. <laughs> I think pow is bread. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 this is me, this is spoilers. Okay. But I think in the case of this game, it's five wands. So it would depend on how it's spelled. Like I don't okay. have pronunciation at yeah. all. P a o p a o s is bread. Yeah, it's p a u s. Okay, so then I don't I have no okay. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like the idea of like like Little Caesar's bread wand as opposed to like yeah. a bread stick. Because yeah, yeah. That that I feel like that's that that's easily a mistake that an immigrant could make. Yeah, like an Italian immigrant. Yeah, get get, who, get him me the bread who wand. Who was pl- podcast? Who was not po- podcasting? Who was yeah. co- cosplaying as like a Roman emperor? Yeah, <laughs> bring me the bread wand. I am uh, uh, Caesarito. Caesar. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what is what is that game? Can you tell me about like the basic structure of that game? Uh, it's not on Android. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 uh, so yeah. No. It, I think there's a PC version, but like I, I feel like at some point it might come to Android, and if if it does, then I'll I'll hate myself for playing it on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the the uh, old school version of the wait for it to come to Switch. Right argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's definitely like, and I. I, I'm still trying to figure out what this means about myself, but um, because mobile gaming is such a fucking disaster zone, um, I have a lot more patience for like 
the kinds of games I normally wouldn't on on mobile. Like mm. I've been talking about I talked last last VGHD about playing Monkey Island. I've been playing a bunch more LucasArts games since then and there's no way I would be playing those on PC. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have the patience for it. Yeah, but on your phone it's different. On my phone like I can play that I can play it like in bed as I'm like waiting to get sleepy. Mm-hmm. I can play on the toilet, which is always a fun hygienic activity. Uh on the on the train. Also a fun hygienic activity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um and uh I I wonder like if uh, there's some switch I could flip to like make these sorts of games accessible to me on PC like if it were like a single tasking PC would that help? Oh, well, like mean, if it weren't connected to the internet? Yeah. For for me I don't mean to project but like I I experience all the same thing and it's literally just the venue. Yeah, part of it. Like, that's almost certainly a big part yeah, of it. it yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's, you know, I I will play a lot of things in bed that I would not play other otherwise. Yeah, you know, and uh, even things that play a little bit better, I'll I'll make a lot of like ease of use compromise in order to play right before I go to sleep. Yeah, you know, uh, see, like, I mean, I played the the Port of Monkey Island that's on phones. Uh, and it's not the best for it. Like, it's not the easiest to get around. I would oftentimes be doing something and be like, oh, I would definitely get this if it was a mouse, like instantly. But maybe one action out of 10 takes multiple attempts that wouldn't yeah. uh, on PC, but it's just like playing in bed. Yeah. You know, if you ever have like an office job, that's really bad. I, I got at my uh, PSU when I worked there, I played final fantasy tactics on my phone uh, while working. So I would do like a battle kind of over the course of an hour, just making moves when I could you know, in between actions and work actions. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. That's, that sounds like a, a way to survive. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, and, and I need something like that before bed too. I need some kind of like engaging enough thing. Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely get that. I do do the same. Yeah. All right. Now is the top part of the podcast where we talk about video games. <laughs> yeah, this is a segue. I, I think that saying you don't believe in segues is too strong. I think that you just have you're like a hardliner about it. I think that you you do have a belief in it, and it's very you're fundamentalist. <laughs> I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. 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 Um, tell, what, tell me about video games. What, what have I been playing? Um, that's I've, not what I asked. Oh, just. <laughs> Um, yeah, what have you been playing? Uh, no, mostly stuff for work. Uh, mostly stuff for assignment. But, but that's fine because most, probably most of our listeners haven't heard that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and you're different than than Cole. That's right. Um, you know, there's some super, there's some like superficial similarities, but <laughs> ultimately, like once you dig deep, deep even just a little it's, bit, you're we're all different. just no. bearded guys with glasses who like Dark Souls. Yeah, it's, it's, they're the the uh, we're we, <laughs> we're everywhere. Um, yeah, so I, I've been playing uh, Nier hmm. is the main thing I've had to mainline the recently. Nier Automata. Just Nier. Oh. Just oh, original Nier. Oh, the boar riding game. You do right, yeah. That is a big part of that. Like that, that's actually a very small part of that game, which oh, is, is a weird thing to know okay. about. Yeah. You you can you can do an kind of insufferable side quest in the beginning of it to ride a boar that is the substitute. Oh, it's in the beginning. That's probably why everybody knows about it. That's that's actually probably it. It's like that in fishing, and that's where everyone quit. Right. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting because we recorded our first episode about it, but I haven't beat it and mm-hmm. I try not to do that. Um, just like, you know, real life stuff got in the way. So I'm behind. Um, and it's like all the things that it does that are noteworthy and good. And the reason why people like it happen 
in New Game Plus pretty much. Oof. You know, in the back half of the game a little bit, but mostly in New Game Plus. Uh, so my experience just knowing that eventually it's going to get good, but playing through like what is like a C minus D plus game like is pretty like it's pretty bad. It's a real mess. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, that that's. I actually didn't know about that aspect of it that like I'd heard that near was interesting and it does interesting things, but I didn't know that it only does them like in the second half. It of mostly the game. does them. Mostly does them. There's a little bit. There's a couple things are more interesting in the parts where I'm at now, which is like nearing uh, the first ending. Right. Nearing the first uh-uh. ending. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a uh, it doesn't feel that special. It just kind of some of it's kind of good. Right. You know, and then the things that are supposed to be very special and kind of like meta contextual about it and such end up in the uh, the second half or after and, New Game Plus. And you haven't played Nier Automata. I haven't. Okay. No. And that game does the same thing. Yeah. No. I, I don't know that for sure because I only played like an hour and a half of it. And I spent most of that time trying to not looking be looking up a robot's skirt. Mm-hmm. Um. You, you'll, be pleasant, you'll be pleased to know that the companion character you get in the first one is wearing uh, – just modern ass lingerie. Okay. Like not even like, it's not even like, Oh, this could conceivably be somebody who'd wear this, you know, but it's kind of sexy. Is it made of chain mail? No, no, no. It's like, that's what I would think. Right. Like, no, it's just like, you could go down the street and buy it from the near collection Uh of like this camisole and, and panty set. Right. Uh, and apparently there's more to that, but like, I don't know, man, like that doesn't sound like, I don't, it doesn't seem like there should be, or there would be. Uh, well, so I don't, I don't actually think there's more to it in Near Automata. I think the creator just likes asses. So the the way it's been sold to me in Near Automata, and I should disclose it for you, and then also for listeners, I haven't played it, so I don't know. Right. But people say that like it's important to the main character that she be sexy, so that's why she looks like that. But that's not a good reason for like a camera to be like a Grundle cam, right? You know, <laughs> like I I'm super turned off by that stuff, and like I'm gonna end up playing that game in spite of that, you know. Not obviously not because of it, but right. Yeah. yeah. I'd be surprised if I came away from it, not wishing that it wasn't that way. Yeah. You know, so. maybe there's a game genie code yeah. to give her some clothes. <laughs> like game genie adapter for like disc based systems is a really interesting idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would, it would definitely like butt up against like online cheating issues. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like I, I remember people playing talking about playing like fantasy star online on the dreamcast and there being cheat codes for that for the multiplayer yeah through through uh getting the the game shark right the, the game shark slowly circling them right, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah yeah Ugh. um so, so that that's most of what i've been playing and it's a real mess uh but it's narrative stuff is kind of good but it, it made me think a lot about like um, a lot of like kind of broader issues though, in like looking at games that have been really interesting, which is like, uh, if you're going to make something kind of, you, because the argument is for all of the things, because the, is that they're all bad on purpose, uh, because people are such a big fan, you know, okay. I, I don't necessarily yeah. buy that, but that's a, a common argument. And, uh, I just think that is such a difficult thing to do. And you are, you're asking so and much. Oh, almost certainly not bad on purpose. Like yeah. I've had. I remember when, when I was testing Frog Fractions 2, I got feedback from people saying, I know you're making it bad on purpose, but, yeah. um, and that's, no, I'm making it prickly on purpose. Yeah. It's pr- yeah. like, it, and that's, and, and probably 
what's his face? Yoko Taro? Yeah. I probably is going for something like prickly as opposed to bad. And, and that's, that's a really important distinction because it's like the thing I brought up in, in the episode and the thing I think about is like people say Resident Evil tank controls are like mm-hmm. bad, but they're, they're actually f- suit the rest of the game just fine. Right. They're just awkward and different than how you usually do it here in near, at least in the first one, like the systems like just don't work well together. Okay. Like it, fe- it doesn't feel prickly. It's like, um, you have this kind of suite of, you have this full, like kind of like not full, but like fairly robust, like crafting system for upgrades and weapons and stuff. You have this like food harvesting system. You have a lot of character action verbs and the world is not built around it in a way that doesn't feel intentional. Like it'd be weird to be prickly and just say like you have all these actions, but all the combat is like button mashing against, you know, uh, HP sponge enemies. Right. You know, like that doesn't feel like something that's prickly. That just feels like not super good. You know, does that make, yeah. that make sense? No, like, I, that, I mean, maybe yeah. there's there's definitely something you can like some artistic statement you can make with bu- button mashing combat against HP sponges. Yeah. But like, I don't know off the top of my head what it would be like in what what was the what was the thing that people thought was a sequel to Secret of Mana, but was made by a different team? Secret of Evermore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that game had a part in it, if I remember right, where you had to cross the desert between two towns. And it was like several minutes of just trudging to across the screen with no feedback and just howling winds around you. And like in terms of game design and feedback, that's a terrible thing. But in terms of like if you're trying to convey the experience of crossing a desert in a video game, that's not bad. No, no, not at all. Like, and I, I think there's a, like a subtle distinction to be made, like with some of these things, right? Like, right. like, and, and, uh, you know, I agree with that. Like, I, I think that that's a, that's a cool thing to be able to do that. Or I think about, um, there's lots of purposes you can do that. I think about like the earthbound thing where you just have to wait like a couple minutes. Sure. Like not pressing yeah. anything like that. And that's getting across something, but is also like a joke. This is like a lot of work went into these systems and you don't need them. Uh, and you spend a lot of time on them and getting like it, you know, hits everything else. Like you, you know, you, this is what determines what drops you get. Right. Because they're all, they feed into these systems that just are kind of dead end systems, you know, and with that game, which, which interesting is it's hard to feel like they add into the greater point because we know what the greater point is. You know, like that game has a very definitive, like thematic twist it's going for. Right. And the things that feel like failings don't, at least not in any way that I can tell, tie into that, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. And then, and then the fact that a lot of them were kind of like upgraded in the, in the next one in, in Automata, it just makes me feel like, you know, it, it feels, and I always like hate putting out this word because it's not like, but it feels amateurish, whether it's you know, that reflects on reality. Whether they literally got paid to make it or not. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. just feels like just sloppy. Yeah. You know, in a way that is uh, disappointing. And then it, the things that they're good at it, it made me think about like, I was talking to, to Riff on Twitter about it. Um, actually, it was like, how like uh, sometimes some of these like kind of Japanese auteur developers, I wish that they worked in an indie space because a lot of the problems with some of those games I have feel like they are uh, additions that are kind of perfunctory. So like the the classic example is like Deadly Premonition's combat, which oh, is yeah. extremely bad. And I don't feel like it's bad to a purpose. It just like it feels like it's there because that's something that happens in that level of prestige video game. It's you could you can't just make a game about driving around a town talking to people. Yeah, yeah, which is what I want, and that's what yeah. he's good at, and yeah. that's the point he wanted to yeah. make. And it's not how you spend enough of your time in that game, I guess. And I wonder like so 
I don't know how that studio specifically works, but I know that in Japan there's definitely like development culture tends to be waterfall style where the the game director makes all the decisions mm-hmm. and micromanages everything and what that means is that you can't have like someone on the team shoring up their weaknesses in a certain area like if there there were like somebody on the team who loved zombie shooters which there probably was mm-hmm. and they had more say in the design of that part of the game it probably would have ended up being be- a better like perfunctory shooter part of the game right 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 so i mean but i guess though like why does that if it is a waterfall thing and uh the director has that much control like why did it end up in there at all i guess yeah i think it was for a the uh, even higher on the waterfall was yeah, I guess the, that's the, true, the, yeah. the money people. Yeah, and you, and you can't like ignore the money people, but you can when you go and you you kickstart the good life and make your game about cats. That like I'm sure is not going to have bland zombie shooting in it. You know? <laughs> oh man, let's like, hope. I, I, yeah. <laughs> the, um, so I just I just kind of have this wish that like, and I feel this way about Nier is like this was made in an indie space, right? You know, and it, that, that's a, a silly wish, right? Like money, people have to pay rent, that employ tons of people. They need they deserve to have families and pay rent, eat food, all those things. I get that. But like, I just think it would make just purely from an, the artistic output stance, it would be better if it was more focused and smaller, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Uh, what, what, what are you, what, what have you been playing? Well, if, okay. We can tell you what. Yeah. Well, well we can, we can do the I, transition because I want to, I want to talk to you about pathologic. Yeah. So it makes sense to put it in your section because i haven't actually played it but i also like we can break it up because we don't have an assignment for this episode oh that's true so give me so 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 pathologic can be its own section at the end also i didn't think ahead and get ask zach to tell us how to get to the listener's mail oh sure yeah i don't i don't know how to answer the mail we can just make them up (laughs) (laughs) you get you get email don't you yeah yeah, Jim and Gary, you're so handsome. What's well, weird that you're writing into me on this, this yeah, podcast? Hmm. What, what a good, hmm. I good didn't aim. get, I didn't get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it, uh, Gary, tell Jimmy's hands. All right, I don't usually take notes, but because it's been like two and a half weeks since the last episode, I have written down here. Here are the games I wanted to talk about. All right, so I played Full Throttle. Okay. Oh. Um, and I played it on Scum VM on my phone, which turned out to be a terrible idea. Mm. Um, but I think I still wouldn't have liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, you, have you played it before? Uh, no. I so, so you do not, do not like full throttle? Uh, as of this moment, I do not like full throttle. Okay. So yeah, I, I had, um, I had heard this as like one of the games in the LucasArts canon. And as it turns out, there's only like, they only made like 10 games anyway. So, uh, <laughs> 10 adventure games, uh, not counting Star Wars stuff that I don't care about. Um, and, you start this game and it presents you with a protagonist, which is this beefy biker dude. And at first this is actually like pretty interesting because in most adventure games, like violence, isn't an option. You can't like just threaten somebody to get what you want, Mm -hmm. which is like always easy mode for, for like, if if, you want to like just, you can just point a gun at somebody 
Or you can like convince them to give you their their wallet. This is a terrible example. When you say easy mode, do you mean in real life, Jim? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, or, or you can convince them to give you their wallet via some like Rube Goldberg device you've constructed because it's like because you're there's there's like a camera pointed at you and you're expected to entertain people. Yeah, uh, yeah. like I, like it's it's not a. Um, it's it's a protagonist in adventure games tend to be disempowered in that way because they have to have more creative and convoluted yes, solutions, which yeah. facilitate the kinds of puzzles in adventure games. Right. Whereas one of the first things you do in uh, Full Throttle is you're asked to like uh, go 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 get this welding torch back from this guy, and the way you get it back is you kick the shit out of him and you take it, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and like it's a there's a little bit more of a puzzle to it than that, but like. Uh, and that happens several times throughout the game, which is actually really neat in the context of adventure games. Um, but then there's things like, and this is where the, the violence stuff stops being fun is that there's like combat sequences, like action combat sequences. And if you imagine like, what would, uh, an arcade game like be like if it were made in the scum engine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like scum fighter scum fighter 2 like right uh, uh and it, it it it's not good um but like then it gets to things like there are oh i'm trying to remember the the one puzzle i'm thinking i'm thinking of a puzzle where you are um Oh, I should also point out this game, the writing is pretty good. Like if this were like a short movie, I probably would have watched it and enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, so that's one of the first, um, LucasArts games. Not, I don't think the the first, but one of the first, that's like the, the Tim Schafer fronted kind of side of that. Like, and, uh, I don't think Tim Schafer's ever made a game that I don't, I don't think that about. Yeah. That I wouldn't want to watch the cartoon or read the comic of. Right. While being a guy who like, I like about a quarter of his games. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna like go into an in-depth like fuck this puzzle, but you know what? We don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, it's it's um, I that comports with my experience with him in general, which is like a lot of those games have amazing flavor and like I like Full Throttle. Um, the fighting sections I don't like though, and nobody does. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, I think there are a lot of like kind of pain puzzles, and that's something I associate with him. Like as a dude, is like just stories that I want to be in and really funny writing, and the game part not being my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that so many people love this game, I have to imagine is just that like, it's just gotta be just the theming. It's gotta be like, they like the story. They like the, the characters and yeah. And, oh, and I, I I meant to get into this. Uh, the, the reason it was a mistake to play it on the phone was that the combat, which is supposedly already not very good on PC is, is I feel like it's probably was a worse experience on the phone because you Mm -hmm. don't actually like it's, it's clearly, uh, it's clearly optimized for mouse mm-hmm. and you don't have a mouse here. You, you can't like click or right click easily like that. Those, those operations in scum VM on Android are kind of convoluted actually. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was, that was a, that was a, a pretty negative experience overall. Um, did you beat it? I did. Okay. I did, but like, at, at great personal cost. Yeah, I was just wondering whether you went down with the ship or not. I guess. Like, yeah, I, I did. Like, I, anyway, there was a, apparently I was I was looking at a walkthrough, and apparently, like on PC, there is a button you can press to skip the combat, 
Mm-hmm. But that doesn't work on phones because awesome. you don't have the button. <laughs> That's the worst. You have to get like um uh like a phone like phone to SCSI converter things so you can plug a well, like yeah. a old- and like my phone has a USB thing a port on the bottom. Yeah. So like it's totally plausible to me that if I had just plugged like a, a USB phone or the USB mouse into the phone that it would work. Yeah. That's ludicrous, though. I like the idea of you setting that up like a tiny, tiny monitor right. on your desk with a full-size computer mouse stuck to it. And right. That, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I played uh, Putt-Putt Joins the Parade. Okay. Uh, which yeah. is um, – so Ron Gilbert, after he left LucasArts, started a company called Humongous Entertainment, which primarily made children's games, adventure games intended for kids. And he, he's talked about like in interviews – about like the time he watched a five-year-old playing Monkey Island and the kid didn't know how to read, but was just, just figuring things out and delighted whenever he found an interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell you like, if you play Putt-Putt Joins the Parade or presumably the other Putt-Putt games, like. Putt-Putt Behind the Grassy Knoll. Right. <laughs> like Putt-Putt at the book, book Depository. Yeah. That was a book suppository. <laughs> Ooh. I'm sure that joke's been made before, but like also I just I always thought about that. I would save so much time. Yeah, that's like this is the first time I've accidentally thought of that joke and been like, sign me up. Like <laughs> just a, like those humble bundles that are like, you know, here, here's a lifetime of programming knowledge and you know for free. And it's like, well, yeah, but you for got, free meaning just, just like to read the books. Yeah, six thousand hours. But if I right. could just take that as one humble suppository, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that and that's not just the books. That's bundle, also like. like that what that would be would then your butt would know how to program. I guess it's just a. I mean that's okay. I put like a like a typing wand. Yeah, on there, uh, and then I just kind of like sit down in a real awkward way for yeah eight hours so a day until I have a game. This would definitely be like a segregated office space when you got your. <laughs> it's just a bunch of asterisks on the Craigslist ad when I'm looking for roommates for like an office. Just <laughs> some paragraph two. Uh, uh, I think I think we have a business model. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> Fuck this podcasting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I've uh, so putt putt. Um, so this is this is an adventure game uh, that instead of like most of the instead of like having a you know a movie like like a movie setting kind of a theme and like interactions with the environment that would um, reinforce that. What you have is like you see a flower and you can click on the flower and it does a little dance mm-hmm. and the game is peppered with that stuff. And I have to imagine that if you're five, this game is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and instead of like dialogue trees, you can click on people and they will, they will talk to you. So they, they, they got at that time they had had voiceover figured out. Um, I, I tried to turn on, uh, having subtitles just cause I like, I, I, I like having, I like being able to read and listen at the same time cause I'm less likely to, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's just less mm-hmm. work for me. Um, but then what happened was because they, because this game was for like kids, they made the text really big and like didn't and and didn't think you could read very fast, so all the text appears really slowly, and then the voiceovers slow down to match it, mm. and, but not like pitched down. But they they're <laughs> <That'd> be incredible. <laughs> that would be better, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but 
but they were just like pause for really unnaturally long before continuing the sentence. And because the font is so big, like it would, it would like be broken up in the middle of a sentence with, ellip- with ellipses. So I turned off subtitles. Mm. Um, but it's, it's a legit adventure game. It's just a really simple one. Yeah, I've always heard really good things about his children's stuff, but I obviously I just missed like his regular stuff was my children's stuff. Sure. You know, and then uh, it wasn't until later when I kind of became the aware of like all oh, these things that I love, like, you know, they have things in common, like a single person created them and this is who it was, you know, yeah. that I knew that he had even done that. Yeah. You know, so it's cool to hear that they like stand up even if it is, you know, kind of aged out of, you know, are there parts like, is it, are they amusing even as a, an adult? Like, are there jokes and stuff that you liked? I don't think I laughed at any of it, unfortunately. Like one thing I really do miss is, um, and, and this wouldn't work with this writing anyway, but like the dialogue tree is something that I really like in specifically in Rod and Gilbert's games. Uh, and this is something he's talked about in interviews as well, because like it's such a good delivery vehicle for jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can put, you know, however many di- lines of dialogue fit in, like, the menu that you're choosing from, you can put that many jokes in there. Well, and it's their jokes contextualize as a choice that isn't a choice a lot of the time. Yep. And you get to experience the important part of all the paths while even only being able to choose one. So, like, yeah. the important part is the jokes, the four things you can say to the, the gang of pirates and, you know, in the, the, the scum bar or what have you. Um, but it's not a... a you don't have to choose them to get the value. Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's super cool. Like it's, it's a, it's a great system. Yeah. Um, so there are a number of other series that Humongous made. Uh, I think, I believe they are Freddy Fish, Spy Fox, and Fatty Bear. And I think they'd have different intended age ranges. I might actually really dig a game made for like nine year olds. <laughs> it's definitely kids, but you just have to go up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like a nine-year-old would love Monkey Island. Yeah, I mean, I was nine and loved Monkey Island. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's a good that's a good idea. Or how did you play that? Are those available, or did you just put them on the on the VM? I put it in Scum Scum VM on my phone. Yeah. Scum VM. It looks like you have an iPhone. I don't think I don't think you can get Scum VM on iPhone. No, I've got a tablet though. Like I've got a Scum VM. Okay, there you go. Android thingy. Uh, I I think actually. The Humongous games might actually be for sale on the uh, iOS store. Okay. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought to look them up. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's a bummer about, I don't know if this is, this applies to all Scum VM games or just uh, Scum VM on phone, but uh, all the LucasArts games I've played have had really good save and load support where you can just open up the menu and save or load. Oh, open up the Scum VM menu specifically. Um, Whereas if you stray outside of that, like even even to like Putt Putt, which I believe was made in Scum, I got I think they took the tech with them. Um, you have to go through the in-game menus. Okay. So in the case of Putt Putt, I had to figure out that I had to open up like the on like the on-screen keyboard and hit S on it in order to save because it's like there's no yeah. there's no like on-screen affordances for clicking to save um, and to load, I had to open up to, to start the game, open up the on-screen keyboard, hit escape a bunch of times to get past the intro cutscene, then hit L. Yeah. So, which is a bummer. Um, but it was fu- it was it was totally functional. One thing that Putt Putt does that I thought was neat um, 
because they don't want to teach like three-year-olds to steal, which is <laughs> sure something that adventure games would do. Uh, like every time you picked something up, there was a justification for it. Okay. Like you click on them. You you like this, you really wanted it, or like you you needed to feed your family. You yeah, sell exactly. It to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you you go into this toy store and there's a magnet on the shelf. You can click on the magnet and Putt Putt says, "Oh, that's where I left my magnet." Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he picks it up. He just owns all the things he can pick up. Right. It's like well, a, a Grant Morrison character superpower. <laughs> like if you can idea. pick something up and you own it. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. nine tenths of the law. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the name of the character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah. Nine tenths man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- another one was um, there was a bag of rice under a sign that said free. Mm. And or maybe it was bird seed anyway. And, and putt putt, like when you click on it to pick it up because kids can't read first, he says it's the sign says free rice. And then he picks it up. It was like they, they, and there were like 10 of these games. So they must've come up with so many different ways yeah. to justify picking up any object. Like why you, you can lift things. Yeah. It's really smart though. Cause it feels like the kind of detail that's like, seems obvious once you know about it, but if you had, you know, a week ago said like, Hey, design like a children's adventure game. I might not have thought about right. exactly how larcenous yeah. like adventure games are. Yeah. Along those lines, I noticed in the credits that like 90% of the designers were women. I've, I've actually read that before about that, that studio before I think, cause I, I followed Ron Gilbert's like the grumpy gamer blog Yeah. for a long time. It was like one of the only blogs I followed back mm-hmm. when like that was a thing. Like I just read a blog Yeah. whenever it updates. RSS um, readers. Yeah. It was just, the, um, uh, so I remember, I remember him talking about a little bit about those days without ever actually having played any of the games. Right. So I remember that detail from that. Yeah. I should, I should look into the, the later, uh, I should find out if any of those humongous games have dialogue trees in them, because if they do, that's a good sign that the, it's for people who can read. Yeah. <laughs> As text. Yeah. The, uh, are you, so based on this trajectory is the third game you're going to talk about be like color a dinosaur or something. Or are you just regressing? <laughs> all right. All right. I forget what the third game yeah. is. Oh no, I don't have a third game. I was just going to talk uh, right here. It says I need to talk about my name change. The, uh, we can just do that part again. Yeah. So it's all done deal. I mean, I just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do, do you want to move on to the, the last thing? Yeah, we were okay. So you played Pathologic. I did. I read about Pathologic, and what? So I, th- I, I guess I'll start because I have nothing to say. I, uh, <laughs> I read about Pathologic on Rock Paper Shotgun, mm-hmm. like in two thousand eight, maybe. This was something where one, I forget the name of the author, but uh, there was this three part essay. Uh, called butchering pathologic. Yeah, and each each part is like the brain, the body, and the soul, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I actually tried playing it after reading it because I was just so like enamored with the idea of it, and I I don't think I got past the first day because there was so much fucking walking. It's um yeah it's it's a uh, it's really hard to pin down because like it is uh. It's called survival horror a lot of the time, but you do spend a lot of time just walking. Yeah. Uh, and it is um, two, like a lot of things in the game are 
are there annoying are to a purpose like this dovetails well into like the earlier discussion right? right so like all the walking you have to do just going back and forth and doing inventory is to feed the resource management yeah uh, sort of a horror part which is a big part of the experience like that does not feel tacked on or anyway but like perfunctory like yeah. it needs to be there it doesn't mean that like by the end of it i wasn't sick of all the walking right like you know because of course i was because i'm only right. human yeah uh, you know and you move very slowly in that game um yeah i but I think, like, looking back on it, a lot of what seemed so, and still does, which is the bummer, seemed so brave about that game, and so, um, oh, shit, there's a word that, that means what I, I'm thinking, and I don't know, I don't remember what it is, uh, a word for, like, transgressive. Yeah. What's so transgressive about that game is that it is not a power fantasy, and that it is willing to, like, make the player miserable, uh, and well, yeah, like absolutely, like that's a thing. And then also just more miserable, and more miserable, and more miserable, and more miserable. Like it doesn't, it gets right. worse. Everything gets yeah. worse. And the the few fleeting moments, like you will, uh, what's so remarkable about? It, like I really love that game. Like I'll never play it again. But right. like I'm really glad I played it. Is that like uh, it disempowers you to the degree that when you do have victories, you start questioning what you consider to be a victory. Right. Like something kind of good will happen that if I describe it in a vacuum is actually pretty bad, but it feels pretty good. You know, it's like, oh, this is just moving the needle in the direction it hasn't been moving. And it feels tremendous. Like get a minor win. Yeah. You know, you accomplish one of these goals that is immediately undercut. Right. Because things things just get worse in that game. Um, yeah. yeah. It's not um, – it's just like – because there's a lot of like – I like disempowering games in general. I've never played one that takes it this far before. Right. I don't. I don't know that there is one that takes it quite this far. It's yeah. It's a. It's a real. I remember in two thousand eight. This was one of the things that got me back into like being really interested in video games as a medium of artistic expression. Was that not playing Pathologic, but reading that essay mm-hmm. about Pathologic, and it made me really optimistic for the medium. And like, so was there a. Did you play the re-release that just came out? So there's like, not. Um, there's a demo for something called Pathologic Two, mm-hmm. um, which is called the Marble Nest, which is uh, the remake. So okay. like Pathologic Two is the remake. Okay. That's coming out. That's not done. There's an alpha demo called the Marble Nest, and okay. it's extremely alpha. Like doors don't have open animations; they just go from open to close. Okay. Like it's very early. Um, but there's also something called Pathologic HD Classic. Uh-huh. which uh, I wonder if you would have gotten a little bit further if that had come out because it's called HD classic. Like the graphics are kind of up res, but the biggest difference is it has a new translation and the new translation isn't perfect, but there are times during the first one. Uh, and I did this through research. I only played the version with the better translation, but I've seen like side by side comparisons and it is inscrutable to a degree that like, I, it's hard for me to imagine that like people got through it really. Yeah. You know, and never okay. really figured out what it did, what it was about. That that might have been part of the problem I had. Yeah. Because, like, the walking isn't a problem if you know – like, you spend a lot of video games walking, right? Like, if you know why you're going somewhere and you know what you're doing to get there and stuff, like, walking doesn't feel bad in a game. Right. Um, it's just if you just don't know what you're doing. Right. And, like, the new version, the version I played – um, and I, I wish that they weren't calling the, the brand new one Pathologic 2. That kind of drives me nuts. So, like, Pathologic uh, HD Classic – um, it's still like, it's still very overwhelming. Uh, it just, it's overwhelming within the bounds of my whelm. Like okay. it wasn't too much whelm. Okay. It was, it was the right, like you say overwhelming and it means you're over your cap, but really your cap's way deeper. It's like that secret 
lungs thing you have like when you like need to blow out candles you use that like the, you know what it's called it's the second pair of lungs like you have like it's not, it's not quite a second pair of lungs, lungs but you have like air sacs that are like auxiliary lungs for like doing things that are more than just like regular breathing i i need to i need to do a train hot dog episode about this i i'm i uh i'm 90 percent sure this is a thing before. i mean so like i'm i'm thinking about like how and I, I don't know if i would call this like an organ like the way you, like you seem to describe but how like the the body will hold back energy it has for emergencies or for when like oh i've just like eaten a bunch of sugar i can yeah. release that energy now it's like that but for air okay and it, it's uh is my understanding i remember from like kid biology right um it's not a second set of lungs Okay. I should have described it as such. It's not like the interior of like a butterfly, oh, but inside your, I'm inside so, your body. I'm so disillusioned now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay not having a second pair of lungs. Uh, It'd be cool to like breathe underwater for a long time. What What if you could have like just – what if it was just nothing but lungs in your – Oops, all lungs? In your <laughs> thorax. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, yeah. yeah. Or like I thought a lot about like what if you instead of having two lungs, you just had one big one? Like a whoopee cushion, but in your chest. If, take that intelligent design. Yeah. <laughs> why do the, the intelligent design is just that gif of the little girl going, why not have both? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it comes to lungs. But um, it, I think that you should go further than reading that article yeah. and find a good let's play or listen to the episode we did about it or find some way to vicariously experience it. Um, because the, a lot of the things that are so neat about it, like that oppressive atmosphere and the way it gets worse is really cool. The way that it articulates is really cool. The most impressive thing to, to me is that like a lot of the things that felt like they might have been a result of bad translation or something just kind of being weird for the sake of being weird weren't. Mm -hmm. Like they actually do have a payoff that is believable and feels consistent in the world. Uh, despite, you know, yeah. so it ended up like engendering a lot of trust. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really cool game. Uh, they have a fo the the follow up they have that's the most like it the void. Do you know anything about the void? I remember I didn't make this connection till now. I remember somebody talking about playing the void and saying that it was clear that they had paper prototyped the mechanics. Okay. That like at, like they'd made a board game that were the mechanics of the void, but the decisions and, and like tested it and decided it was fun as a board game, and then. By stretching it out so that you were like an, going an hour and a half between making the decisions that you um, would f forget what the board game was about and not be able to, to sensibly mm. make the decisions. Like when you take those songs and like slow them down 4,000%. <laughs> right. They all become, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think um, I did listen to a little bit of the podcast uh, that you recorded about it. Um and I think you made similar, uh, had similar complaints about how, like, it's actually pretty hard to follow the story when it's doled out in chunks, like an hour and a half apart, an hour and a half of walking apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's something that gets harder as the game kind of goes on with it. Um, not with the void. Like, I haven't played the void because right. the void is. So this uh, is all I know about the void was the, the. Yeah, is that, that yeah. <laughs> So tell me about the void. I, I don't know very much about it. I watched someone play it, but it's, uh, I'm disappointed. The reason I brought it up is that, like, it might be, uh, it gets brought up in the same way as having similar amounts of like kind of atmosphere and oppressiveness. Um, but it's also, uh, the mechanics are all color based, so I can't play it. Oh, I can't, I can't okay. see the colors. Uh, 
Um, Bummer. So yeah, it's it's a. I'm a little bit disappointed because now I've, having played Pathologic, like I'm interested in this developer's other games. They made another game. That, knock Knock uh, came out as well. They're the people who did Knock Knock. Didn't Ice Pick Lodge also make like a game that was like a physics abuse game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? I know what you're talking about. Um, and the the name is very like what it is. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick, even though yeah. I'm recording anything because it'll drive me nuts if I don't get it. Yeah. Um. Can I not do that now? While I'm recording? Okay. This is good audio. Yeah. Well, well so we I can cut this out. Yeah. Oh no, I accidentally went to the regular website instead of the Wikipedia. Um, it is called Cargo the Quest for Gravity. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have not played that one. Um but and apparently knock knock is nothing real special. Okay. Um but uh this and the void are supposed to be kind of the good ones. And then the void too, people who have tried it, like I've not tried it, um, but say that it like looks like it's shaping up to be really cool. So yeah. So the th- second half of the thought when I was saying that this game, reading about this game, made me optimistic about the future of video games. The fact that it is still just as brave and transgressive to do these things now, ten years later, is actually like kind of my optimism about video games is just went poof. It undermines your initial. Yeah, like I, I have basically no optimism about, about like commercial games as a medium of artistic expression at this point. Like it's very, the future looks very bleak to me. Yeah, like to this, like this type of expression, like for sure, you know, like there, there's like lots of different things you can express in a lot of different ways to like, you know, like video games are complicated and they express a lot of different things, right? So like. I I think about that sometimes, but then I think about even with big video games, even if it's, you know, commercial releases, as you say, like, you know, there, there's simpler expressions that I can still take joy in, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I'll still play like a new Mario game or like oh, sure. new, yeah. things like that. And that, that doesn't, I'm still okay with it. That like, so that so, uh, solves, but as yeah. far as like, like I want to express a feeling or idea that is complicated, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Like there's all, there's stuff that I think there'll be like little nods to it. You know, and then you, that's why you get things like um, people really flipping their shit for like the new God of War. Right? right. It's one of the reasons. And it's like, I don't I don't hate that game as much as like some people who have reacted against it. I also don't love it as much as like and but I think one of the reasons why I got the love it got is because it at least makes a couple nods towards that without landing it, like without sticking a lot of those like thematic landings. But it, there's something kind of there and we recognize like maybe there's a little bit of. Yeah. Something, something to it. Well, and the way I described this when I talked about playing that game on Video Games Hot Dog, the listeners probably remember this, but I don't think you've heard it. The, uh, the way it felt like to me was that the, the systems designer and the narrative designer in that game were like going through a nasty divorce. Sure. Yeah. 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 You know, and they really wanted to like show up the other one. Yeah. They don't talk to each other a lot during it, which is like, that's the plot of the magic circle. I think that game. I think that's, that's what happens in that game. Like it's the, the, you know, they need to be fun versus like, I need to play that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause something that we were talking about, uh, off mic, we remind me to think about it because it is, um, it's very, it's like, it came off as very bitter to me mm. in a way, like, uh, from like a creator to, to an audience, 
Like it just felt very much like um, uh, this is a game about how nobody understands vision, you know, and stuff. And yeah. it felt like I don't think it necessarily meant to, but it's some of the like choices felt like nasty, you know, it ends very nihilistically in a way that feels nasty to me a little bit. Yeah. Like there are things I like about it a great deal, but like I couldn't get behind it as far as like a message. It felt very cynical. Not cynical, nasty, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I... It's still worth playing. It's interesting. And it is what you're talking about. Like, it is two people in a game and that wrestle, like, that struggle. Right. Between those two things. So. But, like, I, I guess my, my point earlier when we are talking about, like, optimism or, or pessimism uh, vis-a-vis, like, big commercial games is that, like, um, there are, like, nods towards it. And I never want to say, like, we're not going to get it. You know? Like, it's not going to happen. Someone's not going to surprise me. And there's a weird gray area space. Like, I have not played it, but my understanding of something like Hellblade, right, is that, like, that actually does have a point and is a bit of artistic expression and exists in kind of, like, you know, that's by no means, like, an indie game. It's, like, a Ninja Theory game, but it's also not, like, a God of War game. Yeah, right? and, and, like, if you look at – was Hellblade a, um, first-party funded? Do you know? I, I don't actually know. I'm thinking of The Last of Us, which definitely was. Yeah. Was a... Uh... What were we talking about? You asked me whether if I knew whether Hellblade was first party funded. Right. And you knew The Last of Us was, and then you were going right. into something about that. Right. So The Last of Us was definitely funded by Sony. Um, and this is a superpower that um, first party games can have, is that they don't need to make a profit as games... Because they're also functioning as system sellers. And so, like, I think The Last of Us is an attempt at making, you know, actual real art within the framework of a AAA video game that is also, you know, about murdering zombies. Yeah, I, like, I would agree with that. I think that, I mean, that, that's when, when I think about, like, you know, optimism or versus pessimism, like, I think about things like that Yeah, as being, like, there's at least a little something. You know, there's like at least a little bit of light. And it might be, when you think about light, I think people think about light as like as the end of the tunnel. But maybe <laughs> it's the only light you get. Maybe you're in a box and it's there's the a hole light. in the top of the box. Yeah. You know, you're not going towards a tunnel. You're just like, this is my light. I'm locked in the coffin from Kill Bill 2 and I get I get the the flashlight or I don't. You know, and like maybe we get the flashlight and that's the light. So it's never going to be a good space for it or like a robust or bright space for it. There's just going to be little things in there. Yeah. And it, it doesn't bum me out because then there's also going to be things that like don't do that at all. Like again, like new Mario games, like things that I play video games for lots of reasons. It's not just that like artistic yeah. expression thing. Yeah. And, and then I have thoughts like the indies are actually like some, some, some indies are, you know, just basically commercial games, but smaller. Mm-hmm. But the indies that I think are really interesting are the ones that are doing stuff that can't possibly turn a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and that's, that's, I think, uh, a very fertile ground right now that it doesn't really have an audience and probably never will. And I'm actually kind of okay with that because fucking look at what audiences do, do to, to the things they love. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a two way street and it's not, you know, helpful. Right. Like, but it, it's an interesting thing too, because you coming to peace with that, like not everybody is, and I, I, I'm not a, a games maker, but I follow a bunch of people on Twitter who are in that space, like that kind of like very small, uh, kind of unsellable space. Mm-hmm. And, 
just anecdotally or like watching people's feeds and kind of checking in, like I know a lot of people who are just like super not happy that it hasn't found an audience or that it's that it exists in that zone. Yeah. You know, I think that I think that you have the right of it where it's like it's good to make peace with that. Um, Not everybody has. So it becomes kind of an interesting thing where it's like that's where that's at. And that's a really interesting unexplored space that like you have no extrinsic motivation to enter. I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I just wish there that having to make a living didn't factor into the decisions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that for, for everybody. Though, oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Like I think about, I think about all kinds of people, like I can, a, a real highway to the depression zone for me is to start thinking about lost potential in terms of that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really easy to think about how many, um, you know, how many Einstein's like, we lost, you know, yep. because of, of things like that or because of like medicine or because of uh, things like that. But also like how many did we lose because they were, you know, I mean, I guess I'm describing the plot of Goodwill hunting, like because they were janitors and they, they could have been brilliant. And no, then like, but that was a time. extremely optimistic take on that idea. But 100%, yeah, yeah, that never happened. You know, it doesn't actually happen. But like how many people do we lose because they it's not just that they don't have the time to make the thing they want to make. They can't even want to make the thing they want to make because all of their meters are so low and they're so drained. Uh, just making a living being miserable. Yeah. You know, uh, so that, that makes me immensely depressed. Uh, probably a good ending note, right? I, I don't oh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's just um, sit. Let's ponder that for like 30 seconds yeah. and then just turn off the recorder. <laughs> 30 seconds of silence for uh, for all of the good goodwills and Willima huntings out there. Uh, not making games that I want to play. All right. Let's. OK, what can we talk about? That's not horrible. For like, just, just give us a good ten minutes of not horrible. I'm I'm gonna move into a new apartment in a month, and I'm hoping to get a pet. Nice, it's not horrible. Pets are good. I'm really excited about it. I've got too many of them. How many pets do you have? Uh, I have three cats, a dog, and two birds. And this happened because we merged our pets when we got married. Sure, your your houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is like video game cat dog. Yeah, is like the the name of this segment where it's like we do both. The um, how did you have the birds? Uh, I had the cat. I had cats. How are you finding life with birds? Birds, uh, if I, so, for the these these are um, these are budgies, so they are developing well, Halo Five. What they, <laughs> what, what they do is basically they just shout all the time, which like I. And also, if you're like, you happen to be looking at their cage, they'll sometimes do cute antics, like crawling on, like climbing on the top of the cage. Um, and so, like, if I weren't really good at tuning out, like, loud sounds, it would probably suck. <laughs> um, but my personal experience with these birds is that when I, uh, when I'm conscious of the bird noises, it's usually like, oh, neat. That's, that's a weird creature in my house mm. making these cool noises. Uh, and when it bothers me, I just stop thinking about it and do something else. If, yeah, that sounds good if you can tune it out. Yeah. Sure. And if, if you, um, if you can't do that, probably you don't want birds or like any number of like any number of demanding pets. Yeah. Yeah. Like loud or like certain breeds of dogs. Yeah. Right. Like there's or like Siamese cats are very vocal, mm-hmm. you know, as a thing. Yeah. I just, birds always felt like it's like the intermediate weird pet. Oh. You're like the, the, the middle level weird pet. Like cats and dogs are very basic, you know, and it's very easy to live with them. And then like in that second level, there's birds. And then like second point five, there's snakes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like odd pets that require a real different kind of setup. 
right. and mindset to have. You know, and I always wonder about birds. Like Bob, my friend, who I'm gonna visit while I'm down here as well, like has a, a African gray parrot. Oh yeah, those are those are a big deal. They're neat. Like like he's neat. He's super cute, but just very weird. Like I didn't realize uh, until I spent some time with them that they also like obviously. They, so they're not intelligent. They just mimic speech. So they do the same thing with like sound effects. So like he'll oh, open yeah. his mouth and make fart noises. <laughs> like he'll mimicry farts and burps. Right. And street sounds and things that are not speech. Yeah. Because to him, he doesn't know the difference. Right. You know, it's That's, really fascinating. The the African gray parrot, I believe, lives longer than people do. They're really, yeah, it's very, they're very extremely long lived. So they definitely can. So that's a huge responsibility. Like you're going to be putting this bird in, you're going to be taking care of it literally all your life. And then you're going to put it in your will. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to like b- at, give this burden to somebody you care about. Well, or, or put this bird on a space station so it can operate as an audio log for someone to find <laughs> <laughs> this is the immersive sim where all the recorders oh, oh, are just asking gray parents. A bunch of farts and burps <laughs> just like recording like the farts they left behind <laughs> the, 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 the remains of the day but just that <laughs> the things they stopped carrying what what kind of pet are you thinking about getting uh i think i i think i would like to get a dog yeah uh if i can get an apartment but it might be economically motivated yeah dogs are dogs are tougher yeah dogs are like harder to house and they're also more demanding and and less apartments take them like yeah. the demanding part, I think I feel pretty good about because I work from home. Sure. Like I can be there and I can walk him and like uh, my game group that I go to once a week, like one of my buddies has a dog. He brings his dog. Like it is a dog friendly space. There you go. Like even if I had my old office jo- job, I could bring a dog. Oh, wow. like, okay. Portland's yeah. real dog friendly. They're dog positive. It's extremely dog positive uh, there. Um, so thinking about that, but that might not happen. And for a little while, I was like, I can't get a cat because, like, I'll just compare them and it'll be weird. And now I think I could not do that. I think enough time has passed where it's like I get another cat and not think about Roars, like, in comparison. Yeah. It won't automatically become, like, the worst cat. You know? <laughs> oh, like, jeez. You know? like, uh, yeah. well, that, that, that kitten is going to have some serious psychological yeah. issues. Well, especially because I plan to name it Roars, too. Yeah. Oof. And that's a – no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think a dog or a cat, but definitely one of those two. I don't think I'm gonna get a cage pet or anything like that. Like I think I need to like snuggle. I need physicality. Yeah. What what the hell's even the point of a pet if you can't snuggle it? I think I agree. Yeah. You know? And you can get like a rabbit, which you can snuggle, but that's like a whole thing too. Right. That's like level level two C, you know, three A. Just alphabet soup. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you guys do at the end of the show. Uh, I, uh, Zach. I, he's he's done different things over the years. Uh, there was a, one good sign-off was make a hamburger out of farts. Okay. For a while, he had a sign-off generator that he would read from. That was pretty good. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, lately, I can't remember what he does because I'm tr- always trying to remember my catchphrase while he's closing it off. Okay. Uh, which is time for emails. Time for emails. <laughs> Is the catchphrase? That's what I say instead. Yeah, of, yeah after he's done. Because you're because you're gonna read emails. Uh, that's the joke. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that because it sounds like a segment of a show where you read listener emails. All right. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And we used to do that. Yeah. So we don't know how to do it though. Right. Because yeah. Nope. All right. Well, um, I could I could just open up Gmail. You want to read some of your emails? I'll I'll read I'll I'll, I'll just I'll read one. Okay. I'll just I'll just pick. <laughs> This famous segment. This is self-indulgent. This is the kind of thing I do on the shows that we don't depend on our Patreon with. Right. See, um, that's what – this is like an everything to guppy trick. Okay. Uh, 
from Bandcamp, cha-ching, another $5 for Frog Fractions. Hell yeah. This is someone who just bought the Frog Fractions soundtrack on Bandcamp. Uh, I guess I shouldn't read most of this. No, no, please. <laughs> yeah, continue. <laughs> I think I think that's all. That is a good catchphrase in general. You should remember that email and use it in the future. Okay, yeah. From from Bandcamp. Cha-ching. <laughs> all right. It was good talking to you, Gary. Yeah, man. All right. And yeah, thanks. This is, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Cool. Yeah, ditto. All right, let's figure out how to turn this thing off. Record now. Now it shows in red, so it's uh-huh. recording. Uh-huh. And the number at the lower right is counting down, uh-huh. which makes me – we do have 80 hours, so it's not going to fill. Cool. Yeah, so I think we got it. All right. Um, all right. Do, do, when you guys start the show, do you do anything to sync up? Uh, we do because of Riff. I don't think we need to with just one recorder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, actually, in case we go go to the two phone, like yeah. we can fucking sync it up. It's two people. It's uh the easiest way to do that. I find uh, if we want to just do it is to yeah. uh, count down from ten going back and forth, and you make like a zipper. Wow. Okay. And that works really well. That's what I do for like Heartbeat City and uh, everything to Guppy. That's fine by me. Okay. That sounds uh, like a fun exercise. It is fun. It's like because uh, it's you just get to say half the numbers. Do you do you like try to keep it in a consistent rhythm? It just kind of, it just happens. You do, but it just falls into that rhythm. Here, okay. watch. Okay. All right. 10. 9. 8. 7. 6. 5. 4. 3. 2. 1. Improv. Nice. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, yeah. All right. I guess I can host. We do. Yeah, yeah, you definitely I, should. I'm the one who's on, uh, who is actually on the normal podcast. Absolutely, you should. All right. So it starts by us saying our names, and okay. then I'll in- describe the show. Okay. Or I'll name it, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, all right. Uh, um, 